0: Welcome to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Glenn's available at 928-225-2474. This is part two of a two-part series here on investing in your own small business. And last week, Glenn and I were talking with Jesse, Dr. Jesse Saul, who owns Aspen Veterinary Clinic, right? Mm-hmm. Just uh, in Flagstaff, in the Flagstaff area. And then it's going to be important today because we're going to talk about some. Kind of the wage issues going on in Flagstaff, among other things, the labor costs. Yeah. Unique challenges unique to Flagstaff. Unique challenges. There <laughs> you go. And hey, we, Glenn would always love to hear from you. You can email Investing at wtwealthmanagement.com. Or like I said, give him a quick call at 928-225-2474. Uh, or, or look him up and you can uh, just stop by his office in downtown. Yeah. 8,
1: 813 North Beaver Street. Um, when you go down, um, so you go under the underpass for the hospital. Um, the sky bridge, you're going down on Beaver street. Uh, it's like the first or second building after the stoplight on Beaver. So it's pretty uh, pretty noticeable in WT, Wealth Management, yeah, Green easy, Building.
0: Yeah, super easy to find. Uh, and you can also find Dr. Jesse Saul's uh, Aspen Veterinary Clinic. Just um, give that address again. That's just north of Flagstaff on 89, is yep. it? Yeah,
2: 7861 North Highway 89, you know, just north of the mall yeah. you know, here in
0: Flagstaff. And last week we talked a lot about the motivation of um, becoming a veterinarian, uh, but also the challenges of being a small business owner and everything that it takes. And also to, some of the fun to parts too. The fun part. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's definitely fun. Or else you wouldn't do this, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. There, there's got to be some fun involved in, in uh, meeting those goals. Um, so let's, let's get into, um, I don't know, shed some light on just more on being a, a business owner going forward and um, may, maybe just reintroduce kind of why you got into this real quick. And uh, then we'll, we'll dive deeper into some of the issues you're dealing with.
2: Sure. Um, yeah, you know, always loved animals. Like everyone, I always thought I'd be a vet from the time I was you know, very young and you know, everything I did was you know, geared towards becoming a vet, started volunteering in a mixed animal practice in a small town, Colorado. And when I was, I think 11 and uh, worked everything all the way up into, into vet school at Colorado state. And here I am now in, in Flagstaff. Um, owned Aspen Veterinary Clinic for nine years. And, um, it's been, it's been a lot of challenges, but overall, you know, very, very happy with that decision to, to take on ownership.
0: I want to ask a personal question here, Glenn. Is there yeah. any animal that like you've worked on that you're like, this is a little out of the ordinary. I mean, cause you, you deal with everything, right? Truly. Is there something like Uh, Someone brought in something that you're like Like ants or sea monkeys, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) goldfish.
2: Oh um, my gosh! Uh, I know I threw this on you. Yeah, we we do some work with Arizona, and you know, so a little bit of everything from you you know, bottle feeding you know, otters to, wow. you know, castrating black bears Oof. to, <laughs> um, you know, doing vasectomies on, on hoof stock, you know, their, their big bull elk that they have out there. Yeah did the vasectomy on him so he can't reproduce and done a little bit of everything. Do it's, you go, I have to go out there for that? Yeah. I mean, that's not a come into. No. The, <laughs> a leash, no. Yeah. Make
1: sure they're well sedated. Right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely. Right. <laughs>
0: um, Glenn, you work with many, many local small businesses. Um, what do you say are some of the areas that these businesses are, are finding the most challenging? For the Flagstaff
1: area, some of the unique challenges are definitely cost of labor mm-hmm. um, that has been rising a lot over the last six or seven years. Yeah. Um, tremendously. I remember in 2004, I moved to Flagstaff and I had my first job uh, and paid minimum wage. And, uh, once I completed my training, they actually got me minimum wage. But uh, when, once I it was at Sears and it was like five fifteen an hour and at that time, uh, gas was like three twenty an hour. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like spending <laughs> half my paycheck just to get to work. But now, um, come January, minimum wage is going to be 1680 an hour. And so with the higher cost of wages, it's just more expensive to hire and retain people and pay them that wage. And what it. You know, and unfortunately, has done is force business owners to pay a wage. You know, for labor that maybe doesn't line up with you know the labor value of their labor too. So that's the the downside of a minimum wage that you know is determined by the government. They're saying, oh, all work is worth sixteen eighty an hour, and or at Flagstaff, and you're like, that's just not true. Not the case, yeah, yeah. You know, some work is worth sixteen hour sixteen eighty, but other work, you know, maybe is worth. 11 or 12. And so as a business owner, that becomes challenging because you're like, okay, who gets to eat the difference in cost? and it's the business owner. So you have to be even more efficient with uh, your business overall and you want to, you don't want to have to keep hiring and and retraining people because that's extremely expensive. So that may be one area that you can kind of make up for that difference as well.
0: Jesse, you are, if my geography is correct, you're right outside the city limits. Correct. I'm in County. Okay. So you have a city like Flagstaff that's going up to 1680 and then you're in the county. Technically, the minimum wage is dictated by the state, which is at 12 something or I can't remember exactly. But how has the impact of the city of Flagstaff affected you, even though you're outside in the county?
2: So we're close enough to the the city limits that we operate as if we are within Flagstaff proper. Um, I we, we just act as if we are in flagstaff because we're close enough that yeah. if, if we don't you know have those competitive wages people are just going to go elsewhere so
0: yeah you can't do 1250 mm-hmm. with yeah. a statement wage and then just a mile away they're doing 1680 for example or whatever it is
2: yeah not we're not going to attract people yeah not not when the you know the mcdonald's you know a mile down the road is offering 1750 for starting, starting. and it's it's impossible to um,
0: that's not crazy not
2: you know pay those types of wages yeah, in yeah. order to to maintain and, and staff. Mi-
1: minimum wage to I me mean, I always think of it as equates to minimal skills or minimal you know the you know m- minimal what you have to offer because if you had a lot more to offer they wouldn't pay you minimum wage they'd pay you what your skills are valued at in the workplace so um yeah at 1750 an hour at McDonalds. I don't know what it's like to work at McDonalds. I've watched a couple of YouTube clips of them and the <laughs> chefs like the point of view and I was like these guys are working hard. So, yeah, I'm so sure. I don't know. But yeah. it does bring a bring up a good point. If someone can work a less stressful job that they don't need as qualifications for and make just as much, you know, how do you attract people that maybe do need more skills, do need more training? Um they're not, you know, just minimal, you know, employees with minimal skills and effort. They 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 they're required more. So it's a challenge for business, you know, to to get those two yeah, and retain yeah.
0: and how, Jesse, how has the cha- How have you dealt with the challenge of retaining people and what's been a tough labor market? Let's be honest, the
2: past couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's been challenging and um, you know, we continue to just try to offer more and more benefits, you know, to really incentivize if we can't pay, you know, the hourly wage that we want, you know, then we're going to try to you know compensate by, you know, either, you know, we have the best culture. We have a, phenomenal benefits package. It's all the other things, you know, most people that get into the veterinary industry know they are never going to get rich. It's, they do it because it's their passion and, you know, it's a challenging profession, but, you know, we just try to make sure that everyone is is really enjoying and you know, feeling, um, you know, supported and just that fulfillment at work.
0: Glenn, we've talked a lot about the challenges that people have faced the last two, two and a half years when it comes to, especially with, with COVID and everything that was going on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, where people are getting paid more to not work than to work.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that it's factors bizarre. into the labor. Um, but I guess, Jesse, how did those, this time period
2: affect you when you're dealing with people coming in and, and all the challenges? So COVID was very unique to the veterinary industry in that the veterinary industry grew significantly during COVID. Um, Everyone decided to get a dog or two during COVID because they had, you know, time to sit at home and play with their dog. And all of a sudden there was this, you know, 25% 25% surge in the number of uh, veterinary visits and there was a massive shortage and so we had to all get super creative as an industry to be able to support that and unfortunately it led to huge burnout and you know I've seen it you know I'm you know friends with a lot of other you know veterinarians and they they've all dealt with it but it's the turnover you know the staff turnover has been unbelievable you know when we we can't pay what they're in my opinion we can't pay what these people deserve and why would they sit there and get you know this huge level of stress you know clients you know screaming at them you know the life and death situations that we deal with on a day-to-day when they can go and get a different job that is far less stressful and Mm make you know the same amount of money
0: yeah that's and the great resi- resignation that happened with people leaving and stuff yeah, like that.
2: Yeah, working
1: you know, 60, 70 hours a week you know, takes its toll on you, and mm-hmm. it burns people out. I mean, you can do it for a period, but as you start to get a little older, you're just not able to do that same output. And so Glenn, at 23, he was you know, one month. I worked every single day that month. Trying to imagine <laughs> doing that now is like a nightmare. <laughs> <You're> like, eh. <laughs> so, um, yeah.
0: let, Glenn, let me ask you this. Um, working on your business, switch gears a little bit, versus... Mm-hmm. Working in your business, sure. Because sure. you hear you hear that phrase a lot. Are you working huh. on it? or Are you working in it?
1: Yeah, and um, I think a lot of business owners fall into the trap of just working in their business only and not working enough on their business. And that's something for me in my own um, you know business. I've really worked hard with um, you know a couple days a year. We do our corporate and you know a corporate retreat where we talk about. You know, things that we need to look at as far as a company, what's working well, what's not working well, you know, who's got some new ideas to help grow the brand and grow my, uh, my footprint out there and to offer more services or get better customer service. And so that's something we've had to intentionally implement. Um, cause if you don't, if you don't write it down and actually put a date on it, it just won't happen. Um, just like goals, you know, goals are just dreams, you know, or dreams, uh, you know, need to actually have a vision for it to actually become goals. Um, Um, So I kind of look at that with working on your business is like, that's an opportunity for you to fine tune things, get better, to enhance. Um, There's an old saying that I I like. It says without a long term plan, without a vision, people are doomed doomed to wander aimlessly. And so that's that's a true, you know. wisdom phrase, you know, it comes from, it's a whole proverb, but if you don't have a vision, how do you know if you're, you know, attaining, if you have no target, how do you even know if you're coming close to it? Um, You know, we wouldn't go shoot arrows in the forest, you know, to get better at um, hitting things without actually having a target. That'd be insane because you'd have no way to measure. So I think working on your business is extremely important. And going back to our, our previous guest, sometimes those corporate retreats and times away, you know, can be routed through as a business cost. So there is a, you know, a, maybe a potential tax reduction there too, to work on your business and, and take time away. So and having that
0: vision, having that vision statement, mm-hmm. I mean, what you, you have a, a vision statement or a mission statement, um, for yeah. for your company.
1: Y- yeah. And, and it's something that I'm continually working on is, okay, I know why I do what I do, but how do I communicate that in a way that people can really understand and, and, uh, and relate to. Yeah. And so yeah. what, one example, I, this was kind of a fun mission statement I found, uh, you know, about the investing and finance business, not necessarily mine, but mine's okay. pretty close. It says our mission is to have a positive impact on the lives of our clients, by helping them achieve their goals and obtain peace of mind over their finances. We do this through thoughtful, intelligent and dynamic portfolio construction and comprehensive financial planning. So
0: that's, that sums yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And if we got to take a quick break, I yeah. want to come back and talk more about, um, Jesse's business challenges of small businesses and the rewards. Uh, but if you want to have a conversation with Glenn, remember, just call him uh, anytime, 928-225-2474, or send him a quick email at intelligent investing at WT wealth management. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. Give Glenn a call right now at 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. More Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least when we come back. To Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least, give Glenn a call anytime at 928-225-2474 or email intelligent investing at wtwealthmanagement.com. Uh, we are here with Dr. Jesse Saul, uh, really talking about investing in your own small business. And I've got a very important question for Jesse, Glenn. Oh,
1: uh, before I get to that question, okay. so last, before I took the break, I, I told you as an example of a vision yeah. statement. It's actually my vision statement <laughs> in progress.
0: That's the thing with when you're in small business, it you always work good, out. Huh? Yeah. yeah. You're like, well, that sounds pretty. And then you, you can't even remember some of the things you've done, right? Yeah. Cause there's so much planning. There's so much involvement, right? Jesse. <laughs> Everything's
2: a work in progress. Everything's
0: a work in progress. That's good though. It keeps you sharp. It keeps you moving forward. But Jesse, um, uh, here's an important question. Do you find that animals are easier to work on work, work with not work
2: on work with, or are people? Because you got to deal with both. So this was one of, you know, coming back to COVID, this was one of the biggest successes of the veterinary industry was kicking the client out of the hospital. (laughs) We got to work on the pets. And then we would just, you know, we would evaluate them. We would fix them. We would tell the owner what we did and what needs to happen. And we could be so much more efficient. And so... Bottom line is yes, I would I would love to only work on animals, <laughs> but that's just not real. They check themselves in. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. You know, here's
0: what's bothering me. Yeah. Has it changed though since in the in the past year or so when people were maybe just dropping off and okay, and now they're coming in and it's getting back to the way it was?
2: So I personally didn't like that aspect because I like the face to face. I really like to to talk to the people. I am a people person. I end up, you know, just you know, BSing with most of the people and not even really talking much about the pet. And then we spend just a minute like, Oh yeah, we got to talk about fluffy as well. (laughs) And so I, I really do enjoy the client interaction. Um, so yeah, it's gone back to the way it used to be. At okay. this point, it wasn't a new normal that stayed. No, that stayed that way. Some actually, you know, some hospitals around the country have almost like a drive-through. Like you go to Starbucks, and it's now just exclusively drive-through. They do this for vet medicine. You whereas, just hand um, your pet through the window. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's usually where they have you know staff running out collecting the animal. Yeah, gotcha. you know, having clients just wait in their cars, literally in a line, and then do whatever needs to be done, That's run tough, them back so, out. Yeah.
1: Okay. I've got, <laughs> I, I, there's one place in Flagstaff where it's, uh, it's over on uh, I think on Huntington or Industrial, but it's like a Subway and a massage place right next to each other. They share the same building, yeah, but yeah, they yeah, have a drive through. Yeah. And so I'm like, what is this? A drive through massage? <laughs> and then how does that work for Subway? Do you like I'll take the bread and you drive up six inches. I'll take the salami, drive up another six inches in the drive through. I've got <laughs> questions. Someone in the back seat
0: <laughs> massaging over yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I think that's actually a, a
1: decent idea of you know having a drive through. It's 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 different for sure. Um May not have the same face to face interaction, but uh, maybe that, that particular business, you know, people are looking for that, uh, offering, you know, maybe some people are like, Hey, I don't want to have, I just need to get this done fast yeah. and don't want to, you know, don't have the time to sit. This is a, the drive-thru is a great option.
0: We're, starting a drive-thru here soon. Do you have a drive-thru, drive-thru, drive-thru option? Through financial yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jeez. Uh, what do you, um. What <laughs> Sorry, besides besides was... coming up with new ideas because that can be a, a big part of being a business owner is you brainstorm things and you come up with oh there's there's a new idea they don't always work like Glenn's drive yeah. to financial <laughs> planning and and stuff like that but um, now what do you what do you think Glenn is the best part about being a business owner?
1: I'm sorry. I still get this vision of all these cars (laughs) lined up. up They're hogging. Come on. You got to look at my 401k. Oh man. uh, I like being a small business owner one, because um, there's really a sense of fulfillment when people do truly value what we do and follow our advice. And then we, I see the fruits of that, of them being successful. Um, Some, some people I work with don't necessarily always take our advice. And that is definitely a challenge because then when things go wrong, they're like, Oh, well, why, didn't you, you know, what about, we should have done this or that. And you're like, I already told you all this stuff. You just chose not to follow it. And so it's like, you know, they blame me sometimes for their bad decision, even though I I recommend it against it. So when people do take my recommendations and they are successful, that is truly fulfilling. And I I think of it as if I help enough people's dreams come true, I myself will have my dreams come true uh, in my profession. So if I help enough people be successful in their finances and and investing, I I will eventually too.
0: Well, Jesse, in in your field, I mean, the you talked about some of the changes you had to deal with during COVID and how it's kind of con- gone back, but what's different going forward? What do you see as the kind of the, some of the challenges or some of the areas that maybe in the future things are going
2: to change uh, just in your field? So um, veterinary medicine is trending towards human medicine, which I don't necessarily agree with. And There's positive aspects, you know, from a just a patient care standpoint, you know, standard of care. I do, I absolutely, and that's one of our, you know, core values at Aspen is, you know, incredibly high standards of care for everything that we do. But that's, you know, high standard of care requires incredibly well trained people. In order to have well trained people, it takes a lot of money from a business standpoint to be able to train them to be able to do all of that. And, it's to me it's just it's not going to be sustainable. I cannot pay my support staff what they're worth. I have you know in human medicine, you know nurses are making 50, 60 dollars an hour. I cannot pay that yeah. to my technicians who run anesthesia, administer chemotherapy, assist in orthopedic surgery. You know, you name it, my my technicians, my certified technicians are doing all these things. And that's why they're burning out and they're realizing that this is not a sustainable industry when they can't make a living in Flagstaff because, you know, cost of living is so high with minimum wage. Everything goes up. And to me, that's something that's going to shift in this industry.
1: So you said shifting towards human medicine. Is that... Like, so I think of human medicine as the hospitals, all the different uh, specialists, a high cost, insurance, mm-hmm. where you would never go to the hospital without insurance because the cost is just astronomical. So I foresee, you know, if costs keep going up for you and in your industry of you having to, or across the board, all people in this industry raising their prices or, you know, people don't go to the vet without in- veterinary insurance. You know, I mean, I just don't, it's, it's a challenge where I think that, you know, one of the two
2: scenarios is is most likely going to happen or both. I don't know. And you're absolutely right. So, you know, like I was saying with increased labor costs, you know, we have to spread that out somewhere. And ultimately the only way is either increase the number of patients we're seeing. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be Walmart. And so, you know, we want to focus on quality. What that means we're going to have to increase prices, but once we increase prices, there's a point where, where owners truly just can't afford it. And they have to make that decision of, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I love this animal, but I don't know if I can afford to, to care for it.
1: Yeah. And we've made that example, uh, in fast food, there's only so much you can charge for a hamburger where people just decide, I'm not going to buy the hamburger yeah. anymore. I'm going to make a hamburger uh, at home. You're not going to buy a $20 yeah. hamburger from, uh, mcdonald's that's just yeah. not realistic eight dollar hamburger okay ten dollars mm, maybe you get a little less uh people buying it uh twenty dollars what about a fifty dollar hamburger no one's buying that and especially not from a fast food place they want like a gourmet best hamburger in the world so when you when prices keep going up there is a point where consumers just stop consuming and so that is the challenge that jesse is referring to is when you go to the vet and you want to have this operation on your pet but it's going to cost you five thousand dollars you're like whoa that's a that's a steep price tag but that's what the People are doing that more cost, and more yeah. now. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I'm, I'm amazed at what um, the the levels of surgeries and things that people are doing for their pets um, yeah. is probably incredibly different than what it was even 10 years ago.
2: Yeah, you know, We do a lot of specialty. We it's we have to be careful. We, we're not allowed to say specialist because we do not have a specialist board certified specialist. But we do a lot of advanced procedures. You know, even at Aspen. But yeah, there's there's specialists, veterinary specialists that do absolutely everything that mm-hmm. is done on a human yeah it's amazing i've seen dogs with like being antidepressants
1: i i've or I've, I've yeah. dogs that are on uh, thc for their glaucoma or something and i wondered uh, yeah,
2: yeah. probably not thc they're pretty yeah. sensitive to that but cbd, CBD? is usually okay. Super, okay. super super common in vet little, medicine
1: little biscuits yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. and, then, and then is is that true where dogs will
2: sometimes be in antidepressants or anti-anxieties a lot of dogs have severe anxiety issues because of poor training. Gotcha. And okay. And so, yeah, it's actually super common. You know, you imagine destructive behavior, you know, tearing up the door when the owner leaves, eating the couch, barking, eating the couch, lightning, Those, you know, and
1: they're deathly afraid. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: It's amazing stuff. And it's always amazing,
0: Glenn, to to bring um, small business owners like like Jesse on and, and to learn all about what they're dealing with because the challenges. Are unique and, mm-hmm. and never ending going yeah. forward. So I hope everybody will listen back and share the podcast, look up Intelligent Investing uh, with Glenn Least on your favorite podcast provider. And Glenn's always available for you. 928-225-2474 or email investing at wtwealthmanagement.com. You go downtown too. Yeah, not quite I, the drive to. I, I through promise
1: yet. I will <laughs> give them all the time they need. I'm not going to rush them because you know, yeah. there's you know 10 other cars waiting in the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll,
0: they'll come out and give you a... a a treat while you're waiting in the, the drive. No drive-through. We're just kidding. All yeah. right, Glenn, we'll be back uh, next week. I hope everybody has a great, safe day. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll see. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Thank you. Chef. following has been paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we've discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation was for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions.